right, and here we are on the eve of the day when our world changed forever. So just real quick, because of the topics, the guests, there's always a possibility they could just nuke everything. Make sure to uh, go to risetoliberty.com slash links, and that will pull up everywhere that we are. Um, there's actually some really cool stuff coming down the pipeline I've been working on. So make sure that uh, you can find us other places, Odyssey, DLive, uh, for the moment anyways, Telegram. Uh, that's the main places for now. So uh, let's uh, just jump right into it. Got a couple of really special guests. Of course, Adam Fitzgerald and somebody wanting to stop Jonestown kooks. <laughs> how you doing, gentlemen? Hey, Jacob. How you doing, pal? I'm doing just fine. Good. Good to hear. Uh, before we dive into this, I just wanted to uh, tell you guys something. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. Um, you guys are obviously an authority on this topic, and I highly respect that, which is just great to have you both on my show on this day. But I wanted to point out that all of that work was not in vain because I see how you guys inspire people to continue digging in this. And I know you guys have, I've heard both of you say how exhausting it is trying to get people to care about this, but you guys are doing very important work and it's a great honor to have both of you on. Oh no, listen, thank you very much, Jacob. You know, yeah, it's a headache for the both of us. Uh, Ryan's been at it a lot longer than I have. Um, he's got a longer headache than mine, but um, it's, it's a sacrifice is worth it. I, I love, I, I, you know, you got to love what you're doing, but um Boy, is it stressful sometimes, you know, dealing with, listen, if it wasn't for like Jonestown and, uh, you know, Christopher Bullen and stuff like that, it would be an easier road, but these people make it harder. Um, so no, but the, the sacrifice worth it. We get young men like you that, um, you know, have an interest in it and it's well worth it. So thank you for the adulation. Yeah, of course. I saw Richard Gage ran away from you, Adam. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wanted to stay away from that, so this way he couldn't say I, I I'm picking on him. Um, I'll yeah, pick on him. There was a conference I was supposed to be on, um, and he came on and basically didn't want to be on the same stream as me, and um, basically was demanding the host say pick a you know pick whoever you want to deal with, and uh, you know I made it easier and I bowed out, but I came back on later because Gates has a conference, uh, two day conference actually today and tomorrow, and he had to leave so. But, I mean, look, you know, I'm not trying to reach him, right? So we're trying to reach, you know, someone like yourself, Brian, myself, and Nelson, and others that are trying to reach the audience behind the person. You know, I'm not trying to reach Richard Gates because he's, you know, he's in it for some other reason than the truth. But the people that listen to him are just victims. And that's the people we're trying to reach. That's why I wanted him to stay because I knew that he was going to bring a big audience behind him. So... And I was talking about stuff that, you know, they never heard of before, which, you know, was surprising to me, but I guess it's not. So that's they've shame. never heard of hardly anything because they're all he does is give the loose change version of the 9-11. So, I mean, he says that's not, but in his first slide shows he ever did. He's using clips from loose change. Just they just all it's obsession with physics and building seven. 
They don't get into who did it or why. Right. Nothing. You know, they they didn't time, even get the physics part right either. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I was a long time. This is about a month or two ago. This, this is another good one. And um, we, he was doing a live stream when his channel was up on YouTube. So he basically uh, was taking questions. And so I asked a question. I said, uh, Mr. Gage, without hijackers, he was talking about hijackers. And he invited, you know who, Davon Kleist from that film In Plain Sight. You know that yeah. guy. So anyway, I asked a question. I said, uh, Mr. Gage, if there are no hijackers and there are no hijacked planes and you dismiss and with, you know, the, the, the operations revolving domestic and foreign security doesn't exist. And his response was to me, he says, the truth movement, speaking of Anthony, talk about arrogant. He says the truth movement doesn't pertain to hijackers whatsoever. I thought that was an astonishing statement. That's unbelievable. He might be the top kook now with Alex out of the way. Oh, yeah. he's. I would say he's number one, yeah, because there's a lot of people gone. So the only people mm -hmm. left, I think, from that from that uh, circle is him and Barbara Honiger. And I mean, Burmis. And who's who's that? Jason Burmis still, still oh, saying the yeah. same old BS. Right. Yeah, yeah, but he's not, he does it. Like, he'll bring it up once in a while. But, yeah, Gage and Honiger are the consistent. But Bur mm -hmm. you, know, you know the story with Burmas. I mean, you know, we tried to get him multiple times to talk with us. Doesn't want to do it. I mean, he was on, what was it? Reed Coverdale show. He actually said, hey, listen, would you debate Ryan Dawson? Would you debate Adam or, or Nelson? And he says, yeah, I'll debate anybody. No, you won't. Yeah. Yeah. It's not so much about the debate issue, Jacob. It's, you know, it's basically trying to reach, like I said, trying to reach the audience, trying to get it, them. To those guys need to get punked in real time so that people will stop barking up the wrong tree and following a cult leader. True. You no. Know Ryan, you, you had said something uh, in one of your Telegram chats the other the other day. It's, you'll debate with anyone because it's not about the debate. It's not about the sport of the debate. It's mm. to get to the truth. It's the whole point. Yeah, it's supposed to be the point is to find out what's right, not who's right. But a lot of these grifters, it's, I mean, Richard Gage said to Josh Blakeney, like, he doesn't talk about the Israelis because it's bad for the brand. Right. It's a brand in his head. This is something to grift on. Well, I imagine it's pretty lucrative, right? To uh, sell all these books and these movies. It is if you're in the Jonestown theater, because, you know, Alex <laughs> Jones was reaching millions of people. And so you could say just about anything. I could say this potato chip came from outer space. And if I if a million people saw it, somebody's going to buy it, you know. But it's definitely not lucrative to tell the truth because you'll get banned on everything. Like as soon as, I mean, if you don't have a following, they may leave you alone. But if you have like 20,000 or more followers and they notice you, you'll be gone. And, and they don't care if you have 100,000, 700,000, whatever. You will not be allowed on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube or any of that. And I'm, of course, I'm banned on everything. But if you say something kooky you'll get millions of views because the algorithm is turned up on the asinine and turned off on the sensible and now we're starting to get a little peek as to why with mark zuckerberg admitting to joe rogan that the fbi comes and tells him to cancel stories they told him the hunter laptop was russian disinfo and you know they knew that it wasn't true they'd had it since december of 2019 
and it's obvious that it's authentic and Hunter's all over it. They didn't deep fake hundreds of movies of Hunter Biden with hookers and crack and so on. Now, but that's what they did. They said suppress this story and they do that all the time. But I also think when somebody says something utterly ridiculous about 9-11, they're like, disseminate that. They are in the business of disinfo. They try to say they're stopping disinfo. That's bull. They promote it. What they stop are people telling the truth like the New York Post did, like I did, Kelly McEnany did. You know, anybody, Scott Ritter and, and Pep Escobar got banned for telling the truth about Ukraine and the Buka massacre. And it picks something. Uh, if you're accurate, uh, you're gone and probably nobody's ever heard of you. You'd have to get your name out there before, I'd say, like 2008. Because from then on, it's gotten real bad. And it got worse after 2016. And it got real bad in 2019 because, uh, or 2020, I'd say, because of the COVID stuff, they started banning everybody. And look, they're right. The CDC agrees. And all those people were still banned anyway. We don't have a free press. We don't have free social media either. And the FBI even spied on antiwar.com because Justin Raimondo, the chief editor there, the most clicked on uh, journalist there too, wrote about how Dominic Souter, the owner of Urban Moving Systems, was an official 9-11 suspect. And the FBI was mad. And you read the documents. They didn't know how he figured that out. And they were worried about what else he would figure out. Like, why are you protecting 9-11 suspects? But our own government was doing that. Spied on antiwar.com. And what he did is, you know, they redacted all the suspect lists, but they, they had passed on the same list to different uh, countries. And in other languages, it was not censored. So you could just go get the whole thing. I did it. I got the list from Argentina. I think Justin got one from Italy. And he spoke Italian too. So, and he just, there they are. There's Dominic Souter right next to a, a lot of prominent names. And there were some people on that list that got exonerated, but it's like pretty hard to get on a 9 11 suspects list without, you know, doing something, at least coincidental, right? And he, he was part of, he had a bunch of employees working for a moving company who were spying on Arabs for something. That's what they admit. But like, oh, yeah, but it wasn't 9-11. Uh -huh. Right. You just have maps of Doric Tower and you're out there celebrating. And there's even a photo that was sent at, it was 839 and 831, where they passed, 839, 840, excuse me, where they passed in front of the building and go behind it that they sent to Langley to get analyzed. But it doesn't say what the photo is. It's just of the, the vehicle. But you know it's the urban moving system van. What else could it be? And that's prior to the first plane hitting. And there's other witnesses. Every like the Gray Zone wrote this report, and it hinges completely on this woman named Maria, Maria Septimelli. Her last name meant September. Like one of the spooky things. Like we might live in a simulation, but she's the witness who called the cops on these guys and witnessed them hugging and flicking lighters and and high fiving and all. But she didn't call until her husband got home. And so they get pulled over, but she is not the earliest witness, and she's not the only witness. And we know that because we have the FBI files from the FOIA request. 
but they hinge the whole story on her. Like it all, it's all in, it's, she saw it like basically before or just as the plane hit because she looked out the window because someone said, don't, aren't you over there? Like called her immediately. She's like right around 8.46 to, to 9, you could say. But that is not the earliest witness. And it, it bothers me a great deal when journalists from the gray zone who get pretty deep into other things in Ukraine, Syria, whatever, I think they spent like half a day on 9-11. Like, yep, debunked. Mm. And that's just sad, like David Sheen. And I know why. It's because there are so many charlatans in Kook that talk about this same subject and anti-Semites, like for real. And I know people just throw that out at anybody that criticizes Zionists, but you know, I'm anti-Zionist too. But there are there are definitely people that uh, just hate Israel because they hate Jews and say whatever about the dance of the Israelis. And it gives it all a bad name. But I'm like, well, we have the files and we can walk through them and it does just hinge on that. They all five have different stories and timelines from one another. Omari breaks down crying in jail and starts spilling the beans and you know they're visibly celebrating a plane crash, minimal, which is, what are you, a bunch of psychopaths? A plane just ran into a building and all those people died? You just think that's awesome? Like, what's the matter with you? They knew. They knew what America was about to do. They knew the plan. But then you find out, yeah, there are teams from Jerusalem that had done illegal work on the fire suppression systems in the buildings. We had the Miami field office flagging the Newark office saying that this moving company had given a 9-11 hijacker a ride. That's logistical support between Florida and New York. And ad nauseum, you know, we, I, we can go over all the evidence. The thing is, the the basic 9-11 research or whatever has never heard of any of this. And if they've heard of the Israeli story, all they know is like five guys dancing. It was three, and they were celebrating. They don't know that they don't know the story. And the people debunking it, also don't know what the story is and don't know what they're debunking because they're also just reacting to kooks. There was a fellow yesterday on Killstream when Ralph report, his name is Ramsey Paul, been on the show a couple of times for other reasons. Smart guy. And he, I agree with 80% of what he was saying, but he was just like reacting to the people that think there's bombs on every floor or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think that either, but that's what people think we think. And that's not Adam and I's perspective whatsoever. We're just looking at, hey, look, I've got strong speculation about a lot of things, but the stuff that's dead to rights is there was 100% financial and logistical support for 9-11 hijackers by the Saudis. The CIA knew about it, didn't do anything. The NSA knew about it and didn't do anything. And Israeli security forces and Czech forces erroneously linked the anthrax attack to Iraq, who had nothing to do with it. So those crimes alone are enough to make heads roll and people get fired. And that doesn't even add all the other things. But you don't need to add a bunch of other stuff. That's, that's enough. Colin Powell went to the UN with a mock vial of anthrax based on those deceptions. And we did go to war the Iraq based on WMDs that they did not have. Israelis lied to us. The Saudis always lied. Well, they both always lie to us. But the Saudi liaison to these hijackers is Bandar Bush. He ultimately goes up to Princess Haifa and Bandar. 
couple of intermediaries that are the most famous, I guess, Omar Mayumi and Osama Basnan. And this is in the Senate report, right? The GIS report is much better than the 9-11 Commission report, in my opinion. And we've got 9-11 victims' families suing for information that we already have. That's how far in our own end zone are. 21 years after 9-11 and people are still arguing about whether or not there were airplanes. Mm. You know, like <laughs> the day after 9-11, people knew there were airplanes. Now they don't even know if there's airplanes. Like we've, we're, we went in the negative numbers. That's how bad it got. <laughs> it, was, it was a regress of sorts, almost. Yes, it's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. It's regression, exactly. And we have the half planers. And Rogan said shot they shot down 93. I wish I could get hold of him. People around him have tried, but it's like, well, who am I? You know, guy in Japan. Like, because all my social media is gone. So I can't point to, well, I, this, 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 this. Like, uh, when you don't have numbers and stuff behind your name, you lose a lot of street cred and credibility. Yeah. And you shouldn't. I mean, if someone's right, they're right, you know. Adam's right. He doesn't have a big social media following, but almost the exact same information I'm doing. I got out early and got in when you could still do social media, and then I got banned on all of it. But, you know, if I had a quarter million people on my channel and then approached Rogan, that would go a lot further than, uh, you know, 20K or 8K or whatever the hell I have now. I think I have 20 on BitChute, like nine on Odyssey. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> I used to have more than that live. And now that's like the total amount. Yeah, it's hard to get on shows when you're not on Twitter. I can't go on with Tim Pool or any of these people because they, if you're not on Twitter or Discord, you're invisible because that's where these people live. They don't do email anymore. They don't even know how to get you on a show. Like you had to add my Skype, right, Jacob? Like I'm like, yeah. oh, you need to reach me. You got to add Skype. I mean, in, until I uh, signed back in, the, the, the last time I had signed in was like six years ago. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean. It, well, it used to be all there was. Skype is based. Who knew? Skype is based out of Estonia. Microsoft bought it, but they don't have a way of like. It's not, a, it's not like social media. It's just a, a phone, basically. But yeah, you so can keep contacts on it. Yeah. Right. I think they're all utilities, but yeah. So <laughs> one thing I wanted to ask both of you guys, um, ever since the United States government has in, instituted uh, like the TSA and everything, do you guys feel safer? No. <laughs> I don't fly unless I'm getting an emergency seat. Um, yeah, I barely flew. Last time I flew was Six years ago, seven years ago. And I can't imagine a plane flight at six foot ten. Yeah. I get the emergency seat. If I can't get that, it's, you know, it's a problem. Um, I'll get an aisle seat and try to stick one leg out and, you know, try to fold like an accordion. But, you know, yeah, it's a problem. As for being safe, I mean, no matter what, you're not going to be safe. Uh, even if you're in air, I'm constantly always aware. Like I, I'll never drink on a plane. Um, I'll never drink on a train. You know, I, I'm always trying to be, you know, not paranoid, but aware. I like being alert and stuff like that. So, 
I don't like being, you know, loopy in regards to where I'm at with a lot of people, uh, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I'm not afraid of terrorists. I feel unsafe in that they're going to mess it up and I'll have to buy another ticket. I'm, I'm afraid of the <laughs> utter incompetence of the airlines and going, oh, you need this. Uh, last March, I, I go to D.C., I go to the NTAPAC conference. I'm on my way back, and I, I went to – called. I said, I'm going to get the test at the airport because I don't trust these other people, this PCR test I needed at the time. And I said, "Is I'm going to Japan. Is this the, going to work? Is this the test I need? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's an airport. You flights all the time. Like, okay. Because, you know, it's a special test. You know, Japan's like, real strict about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like – I want to ask another person because I can tell this is just some diversity hire. It doesn't know what they're doing, but I don't have a choice. I get the tests. I go to San Francisco. I go to get my connection flight. Nope. That's the wrong test. It's been happening a lot. They tell me, I go, if it's been happening a lot, don't you think you ought to communicate to DC that, you know, they've got employees telling people the wrong information. No. And you know, so I was either gonna have to spend the night in the airport in San Francisco <laughs> uh, but what I got on my telegram and somebody happened to be watching at the time that lived in San Francisco. So I went to some stranger's house. I mean, That's I'm not a stranger to him, but he's a stranger to me. <laughs> yeah. He goes, Hey Ryan, how's it going? Cause he sees me online. I'm like, I don't know you dude, but I don't want to sleep in the airport. In well, you know, it's talking politics <laughs> at 2 AM anyway, but I, <laughs> You know, I get some sleep, takes me back, and then I get my flight. Next flight, you know, the Texas, they screw up. Like, a woman put me in a flight to Newark. I'm supposed to come back to Japan. Japan's a day ahead in time zones, right? And they messed around with my connection flights because I would have had to get, like, a cab and go to JFK in New York and then fly all the way to Tokyo and then down to Osaka. These people at an airport did not know that Osaka was also in Japan, the second biggest city. And they put me on some flight and they go, you're going to get there the exact same time you were, except you don't have to have this connection. I go, how is that possible? If I don't, if they wanted me to go to San Francisco and then fly and I don't get there till 1 a.m. And it's 17 hours behind where I'm like, what am I going back in time? By the time I got to New Jersey, I got that flipped and all. But, you know, I ended up getting home two days late because they just screwed up trying to make it better. And I had to bri I had to like bribe the TSA to let me cut in line. I was going to miss everything because when I originally went up there, they didn't uh, they didn't have my boarding passes because they had canceled it and bumped it up an hour. It's just it's fucking hell. And that's what I don't feel safe about. I'm like, well, I have a ticket. And when you're doing international flight, man, you're talking like three grand. And it's, well, if I mess this up, I got to pay again, you know, or they're going to put me on a later flight and I won't get home for another day. And I got three kids waiting for me. And so I, everything's falling apart. No one can do their freaking job. And it's definitely gotten worse. I've been in Japan almost 14 years. I could, and I fly back and forth all the time. I can tell you it's, visibly demonstrably worse than it's ever been especially since biden took office it's just utter trash no one knows what they're doing and this security theater 
with the Rappi scan and all, and there's a story there with Chertoff Group and L3 Communications and all that. Another video I had done that got taken off of YouTube. Uh, there were $51 million in the hole. Then they get this contract for these machines, which are made mandatory, and all the major uh, airports have to get them. They don't work. Every test where they have white hats try to purposely get stuff through, they get it through. So they don't even stop you from bringing weapons or anything. It's just theater. And the reason they don't work is that the employees are all incompetent because they're going like thousands of people a day. None of them have weapons. So after a while, you just they don't even look. Right? They just, uh-huh, yeah. They randomly pull people out for a show. It doesn't work. It's a huge waste of money, but it makes the line so much longer. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you have to take off your shoes? Because of the shoe bomber? Well, you know that story, too. But like, <laughs> all right, you have to take off your shoes. I don't have to take off my shoes in Japan to go to America, but I have to take them off to get back, right? It's just cedar. But then you have to wait for every idiot to take their shoes on and off. And it makes the line longer and longer. You got to get there three hours early for an international flight where you can forget it because of security. And then you go to any other country, basically anywhere else besides the U.S. or Israel. I'm getting in and out of security in two minutes. Go up, put your stuff. It's like the 1980s. You just put your stuff on, go through metal detector, get on the plane. Not taking your liquids away. You don't take your shoes off. And it just... Part of it's people are smarter. I mean, there are people that are like saying to everybody, put all your items on the the rack or whatever, bag here, laptop out, you know, and they're just derp, 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 Oh, I have to put, do I have to put my phone in there? Do I have to put, put all, all means all, all items. And it's just, <laughs> God damn, you know, and that's why we should not have legalized weed. <laughs> You're going to make a lot of people angry with that statement. <laughs> Every time. It's like picking on Bitcoin people. You really hit the hornet's nest where you're like, I don't think people should smoke so much pot. I think, I to be honest, I don't care if someone does drugs. I hope you overdose on crack. If you're a crackhead, the best thing you could do is have too much and just remove yourself from the gene pool. But pot, like alcohol, depends on the person. Some people, no problem. Some people should never drink and never smoke and others can handle it. Yeah, I, I can't, it, it makes me slow and not focused. I, I, I just can't, but I also have a really good friend who smokes a little bit, but he's also going to law school. So I I don't understand. Yeah. Scott Horton all the time and he still remembers everything and stuff, but that is atypical. And I wonder what he could do if he didn't smoke weed. You know, he might be the new Ted Kaczynski. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) and there's some people that drink and they're fine and even drink daily and they're fine. But obviously we all know people that shouldn't even have a drop. They become a completely different person. Like Nancy Pelosi. (laughs) Her speech. I want to bomb from tanks. (laughs) Knock somebody out with those things. You know, but Jeez. you bring up an interesting point for I wanted to follow on, if I can, Jacob or Ryan. Oh, yeah. uh, you talk about numbers with, with people and how they don't uh, follow or respect people with numbers. And that's that's very much true because I'm under 2,000 followers on Twitter. And, you know, I try to reach out to certain people to get them to talk about this subject. And, you know, it's like, you know, they, 
I'm invisible and stuff like that. Yeah, they look. I'm, I'm they no see one. a small number. Mm, you know. Yeah, right, right. But that's actually true. I mean, that's really true. And that's so, what yeah. happens. Right. And I worked my ass off to get the numbers and then just they just knock it back to zero. I mean, I was deleted off YouTube five times and then all well eight times to include all the backup channels they deleted, which you should, I suppose. And yeah, it's really hard to build back up again without an on ramp. Like if you don't have Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or Patreon or PayPal or YouTube or or Vimeo and all this stuff, how are you supposed to build up social media? How are you supposed to build up your Odyssey or your bit shoot or whatever if you don't have any of the swimming pools where all the fish are or all the pools that yeah, swimming pools if there's fish on? Huh? Like, I feel like Twitter is fish in a swimming pool. Like they don't know that stuff is just going to rot you. you know? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I have Twitter and they'll they'll art artificially suppress you if they want to. So I yeah, mean, got that algorithm. On, there's a lot on of the fake things. <laughs> They people with 300,000 followers and their engagements like 30 people. It's just fake. They mark my posts as uh, as misinformation, every single one. Yeah. So no one sees right. it. And I don't like post anything closely, remotely resembling. It's all files and documents. And, you know, He's doing like screenshots from the JS report or the Pent Bomb report. And they're like, this is fake. I'm like, this is for our own FBI <laughs> and our own Senate, dickweed. <laughs> fake news. I can't win. Like, uh, what should I do? Should I do like, you know, you bring up that point before. Should I just go the kook route and, you know, make make some money from it? I don't know. Find some other conspiracy that you don't mind. Like, find something you don't mind pretending to be retarded about. Like, say the moon landing's fake or something. And just start posting all that garbage. And that'll build you up an audience because they love it when you say something retarded. And then pull a switcheroo <laughs> and be like, psych, I never believe that. But here's what I think on 9-11. <laughs> But but the sacrifice will come as like oh we can't trust this guy because he flip flops that's all. Whatever, just say ahead of time I'm going to pretend to be a moon kook, like we said it on the show right, and then <laughs> and then go do it. <laughs> but but now you could see like all those people like you know the Roths and the Bolins and all these people who once were so prominent years ago, and because they don't bring anything new now they're defunct and you know. I've heard from Adam Green. I watched that Green interview you did with him the other day that I didn't know this, that uh, Green thinks that Bolin has retired. And I was wondering where Bolin went. He just seemingly disappeared. But this is what happens when you don't bring anything. Well, Michael Collins Piper passed away, so he had nobody to plagiarize anymore. <laughs> and I called him well, out. So right. what's he going to do? He's got, he doesn't have his own material, so <laughs> that's it. <laughs> well, that, that's a problem. But like you, you gotta you know, tell everybody a missile hit building six, and like man, <laughs> I don't think even he even believes that. He's just like oh, I have to come up with something new because for this for their cult, it's all conspiratainment. Uh -huh. Like just the adrenaline of it. Like oh yeah, they they want to hear Alex just lose his mind over something. According to Elizabeth, <laughs> I'm sure he's talking about that now, right? Anything to avoid Israel. Is that okay? Well, it's just don't it's call him anything but. Right. Well, yeah, he's been the through. I, I did the list. Yeah, the elite, <laughs> the uh, the Luciferians, the, the globalists, the NWO, the Bavarians, <laughs> Freemasons. Vague term. Yeah. All these vague terms. Right. He's a hell of an actor. I'll give him that. The deep state. Yeah. <laughs> the character Alex Jones, he said in his mm -hmm. trial. But well, we got that right. 
Yeah, with all these people basically out of the way, it's like now we could take advantage after all these years and basically get our voice heard. And I think yep. that's happening slowly. I think so. Um, I've been getting some attention now. I mean, I'm almost at 3,000. Well, I'm 2,500 on YouTube. I'm crawling, but I'm getting there. But, um, you know, yeah, with all these people out the way, like we're finally saying, all right, now we can breathe. And, uh, did you post our interview like on uh, the first one we did? on the 9-11 dry run on your YouTube. I feel like since we stuck to Saudi can't. Arabia that you I, could. Right. You, you know why? I had to put all your videos on private because I got the second strike. Based, and by the way, the one video you didn't curse is the one video where I got the strike. Yeah. Well, they don't give you strikes for cursing. They just demonetize. No, no. It's actually yeah. uh, bullying. That's the strike I got for. Oh, wow. And I'm like, you know, First of all, it wasn't even a bad video. Um, and I don't understand why, because you've done a lot more egregious videos regarding... Well, I, oh, I think Richard Gage and them go out and flag videos and say it's bullying them. Um, yeah, you know who said the same thing? I was talking with Nelson and those guys, and they basically said they, they, they were not surprised. I bet you it's like uh, Gage and... Uh, uh, when I did a video saying Sandy Hook was real, they said I bullied them. Like, I bullied the school shooter deniers. I'm like, no... I, I mean, what you said is ridiculous, and I don't know how to not make you look dumb. You are dumb. You're not looking dumb. You're yeah. dumb. <laughs> yeah, and they go out and flag stuff. How do you stuff. go about responding? That's the thing, right? If you're a total no, like if you're a Judy Wooder, for example, and right. you basically have a conversation with them about you know how the towers collapsed, and they basically go on about space beams and stuff, you're like, you know. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute, man. <laughs> it's like now you're testing the waters here. Patient. The direct energy weapon. Right. <laughs> they're like they're some of the most fanatic people on all the 9/11 spectrum. Well, I know, and they will they will gang up in the comments, and they will all they make groups, and they all flag your video to try to get you removed. It's like Scientology almost. I mean, those people. It's just unbelievable. At least Scientology is against the prescription drug market. I'll give them that. I mean, it it makes sense hail. from a business Was level. Hail Tom Cruise! Is that how? <laughs> yeah, I, I remember when he uh, gave that. Uh, what was it on Oprah? I think he said that. Uh, well, he gave Matt Lauer a dressing down right yeah. before Matt Lauer got caught with you know pulling his dick out in front of his employees and stuff. I don't have my bell here for Lauer, but you know. <laughs> these people—they're uh, so degenerate, and these are the people that give you the news. Yeah. And and they made Tom look like a kook, but everything he said was right. At that, you know, about prescription drugs. See, even the kooks are half like a broken clock is right twice a day. I mean, so. Mm -hmm. I mean, even even sometimes clock away. <laughs> right, but sometimes <laughs> even Bolin will say something right because I don't disagree with him every, about everything either. I mean, um, no, the stuff he grabbed from Piper is pretty good. So, <laughs> I caught on late, <laughs> but but you said something with Green the other day, and I said, yeah, yeah, I agree with Ryan here. Is that um, Bolin will say something uh, politically right about Israel? Um, yeah, and, and all of a sudden, come completely out of nowhere and say something so ridiculous about something relating to Israel and nine eleven, and I'm like, something's not right with him. It's like you know, I, he says something right, and then goes off the rails. It's almost like. Uh, and this is my own paranoia saying, so it's speculation. Like, I think this guy basically wants to take reputable researchers and put them in the kook movement 
in the public eye and basically say, hey, they're all anybody who talks about Israel regarding this site, if it's rational information, they're all coots. That's yeah. right. Or they hate Jews or something. Exactly. Yeah, anti Semitic. Yeah, I saw. Okay, I'll tell you something that adds to that. And you, you guys probably witnessed this happen. I've been talking about Jeffrey Epstein since 2007. You know, it picked up a lot of steam when he got rearrested. That's and then he get thanks. And then he gets killed or hangs himself, whatever you think. Um, the kook movement comes in and says Epstein's still alive and he's living in Israel. You see what they did? They said something ridiculous because we have his corpse, right? Uh, they buried him next to his parents. So he's definitely not alive. His brother did a second autopsy, you know, on what? A body double? Yeah. Um, then they say he's in Israel. So they want to combine the relationship between Epstein and Israel, which is real, with the he didn't really die crap. So that the people talking about Jeffrey Epstein in Israel look like, oh, you're one of those people that thinks he's alive. And I also notice even with COVID, like the virus deniers, you can't get a lab leak theory if you don't even believe viruses are real at all, right? Mm -hmm. um, they're also harsh on Israel. And I'm thinking, huh, how can you be so stupid on A, B, C, D, E, and then, oh, and you don't like the state of Israel? Like they want to make the critics of that state look, you know, retarded. Mm -hmm. I don't know how else to put it. If virus denier, you're retarded. It's the same people that thought 5G was causing COVID or was deadly radiation when they don't know what a light spectrum is. <laughs> Microwaves and infrared and that side are less harmful than visible light. Like the light bulb in my room is more dangerous than my Wi-Fi or my remote for my TV or 5G on my phone. But they just hear the word radiation and their brain turns off. And it, it bothers me deeply. There's also the flat earthers, you know. And the, our general public could not pass fourth grade science from, say, 1989. But now they're going all the way up to the college level. And they don't know what light spectrums are. And they don't know how to prove the earth is round. They don't know like <laughs> what ought to happen when a plane hits a wall. Like, no wonder they think there's 72 genders and all this other nonsense. Well, Science is dead. You've seen those videos where, you know, man out on the street asking just basic. Yeah, questions. name three countries. They can't do it. Yeah, when Nietzsche said God is dead, in? I'm going to say right now, science is dead. And Netflix and TV and stuff killed it. Knowledge is dead. Porn killed yeah. it. Fast food. Copious Porn and video games drove the internet. But it's... I don't know what it is, man. Everybody I know, everyone I've ever met, even the dumbest kid in my class, whatever, would, would be able to name all 50 states, easily say three. Like the man in the street, they'd get every question right. I've never met anybody that dumb in my life and i don't know how they find them of course i didn't live in california <laughs> i think it's drugs i think they did learn that in school and they already forgot either that or they're inundated with like you know the most trivial and non-relevant uh, aspects of daily life yeah but I, how could you not name a country that starts with you 
How could you not name a country or, or just three countries besides the United States? You could say Canada, Mexico, China, whatever, right? And there are people like, uh, they say, what's three times three times three? And they're like, er, 36? <laughs> Unbelievable. My four-year-old can do that. I think it's a uh, perfect set of media to be able to make a uh, commercial for government high school diplomas. <laughs> Wait, but Those like people are so stupid, I thought, are they acting? Did you just get them and say, hey, pretend this so I can get a viral right. video off right. your stupidity? Like, I'm thinking those kind of conspiracies, like, nah, nobody's that dumb. And I went and did a little of it myself, and I was like, wow. what? Why am I sitting here explaining the nuances of, like, plasma filaments and stuff when, you know, people can't tell you where Canada is? That's <laughs> yeah. wild. But you, you see it every day with 9-11. I mean, look at all the theories that are propositioned just on that one subject. I mean, it's a fascinating uh, psychological read. Like, I can't believe there are people who actually think um, that there were agents in the World Trade Center dumping mannequins and saying those were the jumpers. But believe it or not, <laughs> Bill Jahan of Let's Roll Forms actually says this. Mm-hmm. All right. I heard uh, Lauren, what's your face? She was like some fake nuclear scientist, told a bunch of people in Japan at a dinner meeting that uh, they flew over the crash site of Flight 93 and were throwing plane parts out the, the door. <laughs> I never heard that one before. Well, I, yeah. I, hey, listen. You know, if you just don't believe in the, 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 the simple, which is, you know, hijacked planes crashed. Uh, anything else is, you know, up for grabs. I mean, you can make whatever you want up. And that's a lot of it's not their own words, though. You notice them like it's a repeat of Jonestown talking points. So, right. like, no building right. ever fell from fire. Yeah. Rumsfeld said there was a missing two point three trillion dollars. And uh, what's another one they do? Like, I hear him all the time. Like, oh, I saw this video where a plane wing seems to disappear. I'm like, shut up, right there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it always. Larry Silverstein said, "Pull it." That's definitely Alex Jones. <laughs> Alex Jones every day is like, "Pull it's an industry term for demolish a building." Blah, I think that's the, most <laughs> the whole context is there'd already been so much loss of life already, meaning all the firemen that had died in World Trade Center wanted to, that we made the decision to pull, and so we pulled it, and we pulled out and watched the building burn down. It's not an industry term for demolition. They pulled out of fighting the fire because so many firemen had already died. The building was beyond saving. The whole southwest corner was missing. Every floor was on fire, and they decided just pull out, let it burn. It's gone. You'll, you'll get a kick out of this, Ryan, because you actually talk about this. I think you did talk about this on the uh, Queen's interview. And this is one of my favorites, is that the Israeli art student ring in the World Trade Center, right? With all the B. Oh, the, boxes. Uh, the gelatin B. Yeah. Like, I, I always tell people, like, you think those are, you think for one second that there's going to be a cameraman taking pictures of them placing bombs in the World Trade Center. You're doing this all wrong. I'm pretty sure that they wouldn't want their faces in a book that's, you know, posted nationwide. Yeah, but Adam, there's a box with numbers on it. Yeah, a B, yeah Little Fuse 88. <laughs> that's, that's the oh, well, look, here's a, here's a box with numbers on it. Like every box has called a right, mail code. Goodness gracious! Uh, <laughs> right. I just I'm, I'm fascinated by the creativity by it. 
And um, I'm always, I'm always amazed. Like, do you really think that this is how this works? Like they'll just, you know, allow themselves to be photographed while wiring up the world trade center. I mean, my God, I just, I, I never. I, I, yeah. And then like an entire year in advance. Right. Exactly. Well, and how <laughs> exactly. Is, or how is or even from like the seventies. <laughs> how was nobody walking out with anything to prove that, you know, they were hired to do this or something. Well, what's funny is there was a team of guys who were caught doing illegal work in the World Trade Centers dated September 5th uh, of 2001, who definitely who said they were working on the fire prevention systems for this company, Denko Mechanical, uh, who got caught faking fire suppression credentials, uh, reference letters and so on. It was a fake company. Couldn't explain why they're really there. They all went to jail for 10 years. And we got their photographs and names, and no one in the 9-11 movement knows anything about it. They were not putting bombs on every floor, but they if they had purposely sabotaged the, the sprinkler systems, then that would have maximized the fire from the plane. And that's all you need. Fire can burn down buildings, believe it or not. And they're just like, nope, nope, jet fuel will not melt a steel beam like but a burning building can, you know, I can't light a log on fire with a match, but if I light some paper and stuff first, then I can burn a log. <laughs> right. But you bring up an interesting, a, a normal office fire with no jet fuel is hot enough to weaken steel to the point where it loses 80% of its central strength. And that oh, means no, collapse. Not US steel. <laughs> oh right, yes. But, any steel. But you, <laughs> You already bring up a great conspiracy point that they tend to dismiss, and that's the Catherine Smith link with the uh, the Moroccans and Israelis that were had fake ID. Right, right. Khalid right. Dalla and yeah, right, yeah, yeah, and that mostly fairs. That's right. So that and that's a conspiracy they could be talking about, but no, they would rather talk about the physics of the World Trade. So that's fine. It's, it's bad. It's bad for the brand. It's bad for the brand. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, that, that is a it's a major thing. Catherine Sis was murdered the day before the trial. These guys were in custody. Uh, the second ringleader got a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar bail. What kind of truck driver gets a quarter million dollar bail? That guy, you know, he did. Who and who paid it? Not no one cares. They don't care where the paper trail goes. So that's you know, it's just me and. Adam talking about it. And, I, and I, I, I dug that story up. I dug up the story in Al Jara and his uh, blood relations to Israeli spies against Hezbollah, too. And it's like, yeah, I'm a government shield because I don't say this bomb on every floor made of nanothermite and flying uh, unicorns or whatever. <laughs> that was always my favorite, the, uh, the thermite paint that they rolled onto the steel beams. We don't use thermite in buildings we're going to blow up on purpose for a reason. It's not reliable. Shape charges is what you use to blow up a building. And if you, if, and I ain't saying they did, but if you were going to plant bombs, you would use shape charges, something like RDX would be something that plausibly could be, you could sneak in a building or whatever. That's not what happened. There is some evidence of a truck bomb in the basement because police did report and it was reported live that they found a van with explosives. And that's, you know, you can think of that what you may. But that report just disappeared after that. And there were other vans 
the George Washington Bridge incident it supposedly had enough explosives to blow up a bridge. Doesn't mean that's what the target was. And then, of course, the most infamous dancing Israelis when they got pulled over, uh, which was in the middle of the day, it's like 306, I think, or something like that. They had uh, traces of explosives, according to the bomb sniffing dogs. Mm. Which, you know, I don't know what else, what, <laughs> why would you have explosives ever in your car that you got rid of? You know, what was that about? But all these stories, you know, it all hits dead ends because everything about it is just pages and pages of white redacted information. So it's like, well, we don't know anything about this, but we know they're certainly talking about it for a long time. <laughs> That's all you can know. They're hiding something. But it doesn't matter. It's like we have enough evidence with or without the truck stuff showing financial and logistical support. And we know that I mean, come on, the CIA followed a couple of the hijackers to an Al-Qaeda summit meeting. And then later they're going to flight schools openly using their real names and you couldn't figure out they're about to use an airplane and a terrorist attack. Please. That's, that's an interesting point. Adam, you've been releasing some killer videos past couple of days leading up to uh, the anniversary. Uh, one of them that I absolutely loved was the the signs of an impending attack. Do you want to give a quick, quick uh, like elevator pitch regarding that video? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, we've have on for this, the documented record regarding uh, the intelligence apparatus, domestic anyway, NSA, CIA about um, Bin Laden's satellite phone, which they monitored since 1992 and a house in Yemen since 1996. And we're talking five, six years prior to the events of 11 You know, stuff like this. And, and they're listening to the phone calls every day of these people. And, you know, the, unlike Americans and everybody else talking about trivial objects, what do you think these people are talking about? You know, it's a serious men. Anyway, so what I'm trying to get at in that video is basically trying, and other videos I make too. In fact, one thread I made on Twitter, which is gaining a lot of traction, because I linked the CIA and the NSA in it, as well as Michael Hayden and <laughs> Ali Soufan and Thomas Drake and everybody and their mother, NBC and everybody. So I'm trying to show that, hey, listen, you know, we're up on the anniversary. Stop talking about buildings and start getting with the intelligence apparatuses. And I, you know, I, I also involved Saudi Arabia, Israel. They were here in the United States involving their rings, involving with hijackers living in cities like Florida, New York and stuff like that. The attention needs to be here. That's that's the only thing I'm trying to get across now. Attention needs to be here. Nowhere else. Right. You know, the smoking gun is not World Trade Center 7. Now, I, I don't talk about physics because I am less than layman. I, you don't need to talk to me. There's other people that are more qualified to speak on that. But I have done a little bit of reading about uh, the CIA, the NSA, and the foreign intelligence apparatus regarding pre-intelligence for 9-11. And... Hey, you want names? Well, there's plenty of freaking names here. Uh, Code for Black, George Tennant, Michael Hayden, Barbara McNamara, um, Clark Shannon. I, I could go on and on and on. Richard Blee. Why uh, Richard Blee, Michael Shoy. Yeah, who are these people? Good question. Let's talk about those people. Um, Roy Barak, Modi Bupal, uh, Dominic Sutter. Who are they? Good question. Let's talk about those people. But no, if you're going to be talking about vague terms like Hey, did you know what their building fell? Hey, did you know that there was thermite in building seven? Did you know that one, one and two came down by unnatural uh, collapse? 
Well, I want names, and you can't go to court with just claims and vague statements. And this is the reason why you don't see Lawyers Committee for Night and Linkery in the Southern District of New York. They're still fighting to be heard. They're not even in court. You know who's in court? Motley Rice, Creedley and Creedler, the people representing the victims' families trying to sue the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. But when it comes to Israel, eh, that's not, we can't go that far. You know, yeah, you can't do that. But I always believe that if you could get to Saudi Arabia, the, that you can get to Israel because probably that what they'll do is if you implicate them for sure with evidence, they'll say, well, you know, we're not going down alone. And I've if, also said if we can get Saudi Arabia, just take the W. That's a win just sure. on its own, even if you don't get I Israel. I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. But you know what? We need the public to get invested in this again. I mean, like. Uh, like you said before, with Alex Jones and all this stuff, uh, all the crap that he talks about, dominate the airways and basically shut all this information out. And so we, you know, we're trying our best, you know, you being banned and me with my uh, minuscule followers. But, you know, we're, I, we are trying with the effort that we have. And um, it's not that we're being arrogant or, you know, petulant and anal regarding how we go about the information. But it is frustrating when you have people like you know, certain people like Gage and, and Honiger who basically have a large audience and they're propagating these theories ad nauseum, creating future generations of disinformed people. It's just, a, it, it's a killer. It's a killer. I get a little hostile from dealing with these kooks for so long, but it's because I feel like I'm running out of time. I don't want to be doing this shit when I'm 60. You know, like how long do I have to wait for them to step aside before the real information can come out? Mm. You know, and I've moved on. I covered the whole, the Syrian conflict, I cover the Iraq conflict, I'm covering the Ukraine conflict, I cover the Epstein ring. The 9-11 was a thing I did, kind of visited every, you know, twice a year or something. But, you know, there's plenty of crazy things going on in the world, but we wouldn't have had a war in Iraq if not for the anthrax attack on September 11th. True. And there wouldn't have been in Syria or Libya, like none of that, that was Pearl's plan. You know, they always give you the Wesley Clark went upstairs and said, we got seven countries going to bomb. Well, who do you think's right in that? There's for policy. Sure. They created the Office of Special Plans. There's a lot to talk about that bleeds right into the war in Iraq, which was unjust and based on lies, based on deception. We got plenty of names for that, too. We can rattle off the list of names for that, too. No one paid a consequence for these things. And it's because Jones sucks all the air out of the room. And people who kind of privately think, yeah, I agree with you, Rye, whatever, they don't want to stick their neck out because no one wants to be associated with that loud mouth hothead that's talking about earthquake machines and microwaving $20 bills to get rid of the RFID chips hidden inside the clockwork elves or whatever. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> Buy my vitamins. <laughs> right, no, but it's, ta it's tangy tangerine. Yeah, that's right. But that's the, like, he's alluding to the much bigger picture of all this is that all this is a pretext, like 9-11 is just a pretext for the foreign policy guidelines of the past. And it's written by who? Well, it's written by neoconservatives and conservatives of the federal government and foreign governments. Yeah, same people that had Osama bin Laden and Saddam Hussein in their policy papers a month before 9-11. And even talked about how he might have anthrax. They knew they were setting this up. And took advantage of it. And the anthrax goes back into the gain-of-function research, which relates to COVID-19, you know, 
and our whole bio warfare departments out of Dugway, Utah, and Fort Detrick, Maryland, and Ames, Iowa. Gain of function is just a fancy term for weaponization. They never talked to Philip Zachariah or Miriam Ripley or any of the people involved caught on camera stealing anthrax spores from a top secret security lab, top clearance, excuse me. Not they they just blamed it on, you know, Bruce Ivins and Stephen Hatfield. And Hatfield won a five million pound settlement. Maybe nearly six million dollars. Mm. And uh you know. I'm like, okay, and then Ivan's never had a trial. He was killed himself or got suicided before there was a trial. Case closed. And after he's dead, he's, it's, he's exonerated because he physically could have not added these accelerants to the anthrax with the equipment stuff that he had. So are they going to find out who did it? Nope. No, no, no. Just that's, that's shut up about that story. Move along. So Just like Epstein, when he got arrested, nobody would report it. And even the reporters that had the story knew about the Clintons and everything. They were told, nah, the royal family is going to make us lose access to uh, Kate and Harry or whoever the hell it was, William. I don't know the princes. I don't care. I know the ones that got in trouble, though. Prince Andrew saying he doesn't sweat. <laughs> you know, and one thing about the anthrax case is that, you know, talk about trying to not look for suspects. The FBI is actually ordered to destroy the archives at Ames, uh, Iowa. Yeah, during the middle of the investigation, they physically destroyed the whole archive. <laughs> I talked to Francis Boyle about that. I mean, he wrote the anti the Biological Anti-Terrorism Act and for the Reagan administration and stuff. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, why is this guy talking to me? That's how desperate they are to get someone to cover this story. Because I used to have a pretty big you know, like libertarian channel, whatever. But still, I mean, shouldn't he be telling this to Fox News or something? You know, but like, no, because no, no one is going to take that story. That's right. No one's going to take it. God forbid we start telling the truth around here. And I, the, the one we did, still got censored. So like, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I had to go dig it up. There's a clip of it in a film I made called War by Deception, but I had like the whole hour and a half interview, and that's lost in the ether because they deleted my YouTube in 2008, and then they deleted it again in 2018. I got it back, and then twice in 19, I got it back, and then final one was 2021 in January, whatever. But some groups like Alt Censored were downloading all my videos, but every video that was before 2008 which was a lot because that's before I had any children, uh, which included Francis Boyle and a lot of great stuff on 9-11. They're all gone and gone forever. Sucks. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, that blows. I can't even imagine what that's like. Dude, imagine making like 5,000 videos and they're just gone. You could watch me age on my channel. And uh, yeah, it's just gone. So, I mean, one thing I have been curious about, like, uh, th th this is a, like such a huge operation that's been going on for so long. Is the truth from one person, two people that they could just suppress really that dangerous? 
I think they're afraid because uh, it only takes one person. You know, look at what Tony Bobulinski got on Tucker Carlson and told the truth about the laptops, right? That's all you need. That's where it starts. Boom, it's over after that, right? You know, Virginia Giuffre got out of the Epstein ring and started spilling the beans. And, I mean, that whole thing was only, like, three people willing to really go forward, not get intimidated, take the money, etc. Uh, yeah, it's really just one person can make a really big difference. I guarantee you, if I was allowed to talk on mass media for, like, six minutes, I could straighten out a whole bunch of stuff. It's never going to happen. If I was on a show the size of Joe Rogan and got to go over September 11th or Epstein or the Civil War or whatever, like, I would change the minds of millions. Because everything we're saying is verifiable. We don't rely on kooky speculation and stuff. And that's the difference. That's the reason why we're not on mass media. That's why. Right. And I guarantee you, as soon as Adam's channels get big enough, they'll just erase them. I'm almost. There. You know, and it makes you. It makes you be like, why should I put into effort? But now, because of free markets, free market solutions, there is Odyssey and Rumble. I, I just accepted Cozy TV, and I know some of the other people on there are, you know, quite different. But hey. They also got banned for one reason or another, and I believe in free speech. And hey, whatever gets me eyeballs, man. So Cozy TV, Rumble, and Odyssey, and BitChute. BitChute doesn't do live, but they archive stuff. They've been a, a godsend because, and Gab, too. There are places where you won't get censored. The problem is the eyeballs just aren't there yet. But when I was getting censored back in 05 and 08, there was nowhere else to go. And that was super frustrating. Because there, you couldn't just go put it on the other thing. There was nothing. Yeah, Odyssey, I, I like actually. So I, I use that platform. Um, I've never tried Rumble and Bitchute. I tried for a little bit, but um, you have to pay, I guess, for an extra uh, putting extra uh, playlists up. But at, at the time, I don't know how it is now, but uh, I gave up on that. I do try with YouTube. It's still the most popular, and I know that the regulations on there are draconian, I think. But, um, yeah, I mean, in time, that's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to get worse and worse on there. And they're just going to drive their customers over to the, uh, the competition, which is the point. I'm hoping that's the case. Well, that's why and, they're uh, trying to copy TikTok right now and make everyone do shorts. Yeah, I yep. will call TikTok for moral reasons. Yeah, <laughs> that is pure brain rot. I'm on there. So, well, it's not me. Someone just clips my stuff. And say, I'm like, go ahead, do that if you want to. Uh, I already got banned on TikTok in like 24 hours. I got banned on Instagram in like five seconds. <laughs> I made an account on, on the phone I had when I went to America last month, and it was like, and you're gone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ridiculous. You got to send in your photo, like holding the thing, and they saw who it was, and just nope, nope, <laughs> not that guy. It's it's almost you're a, like red flag everywhere. It's just you know this. They have a list, like when they ban people. There's like a red zone, orange zone. Like a YouTube employee told me this, and I'm, you know, dark red at the top. Like not, don't let this guy make a channel ever. Because it wasn't just 9-11. It's like, I get into all their stuff. And, uh, yeah, 
they don't like me. They've tried to ruin me financially. They got rid of my Patreon and my PayPal and Venmo. Like, I'm not allowed to use any, like, payment processor. But now there's new ones, like PowerChat and stuff, like, and Entropy. Thank goodness. It's like 15% you have to give to the company, but I'm like, it's better than zero. Better than, uh, or better than 100%, you know. I mean, as long as they don't ban you, I guess 15% would be fair. Take it, you know. Uh because they got to grow and compete with PayPal, you know? And lots of people have been banned from PayPal. They banned Consortium News. Consortium News, like Robert Perry's outfit. I mean, he's passed away, but... Yeah, but, like, guys like uh, Joe Loria and stuff who worked at the UN, and he's banned from PayPal. And, I, you know, part of me want to be like, hey, guys, remember when I got banned from PayPal and... None of you said anything. I just want to be like, eh, how does it feel? But I didn't. I'm like, that sucks. I will cover your story about you getting banned from PayPal, even though you didn't cover when I got banned from it. But it always starts with, you know, the canary. And then they get, okay, we're going to ban. Then they're going to ban, like, white nationalists or whatever. No one gives a shit, right? I'm like, well, no, no, no. Because then they can just call someone a white nationalist who isn't one and ban them, too. It's a pretext. Then they ban, start banning uh, anti-war activists, libertarians. Then they then they just started banning conservatives. I said, you watch. They're going to say Trump's a Nazi, whatever, and now you're all white supremacists, even though they definitely aren't. And they just start banning conservatives. Then they start banning anybody that had anything to say about the coronavirus. And now they're even starting to ban the liberal anti-war left, whatever is left of it. And then they start banning consortium news and they start banning like Scott Ritter, people like that. And just basically anybody that goes against the state on anywhere on the spectrum is now getting banned. And it's that old adage is like, you know, they came after X and I said nothing. And then they came after Y. I was like, well, I was X. And no one, almost no one said anything. It always pisses me off when everyone was like, oh, Alex Jones was the first one to get banned. Not even. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. No. A lot of people got banned before him, blanket banned, and they didn't get to go on TV and whine about it. Like, they banned this guy, Andrew Tate. Do you know Andrew Tate? Anything about him? Uh, he's one of these. What, what you post well, on your channel. Yeah, he's this, like, Manosphere guy, but he started talking about Ukraine. He started talking about the election. He started talking about COVID. Then he gets blanket banned. It's like, I don't think it was his comments about women. Which weren't bad, it, by the way. Like they, they just cherry picked the worst things you'd ever said, and uh, it had nothing to do with that. They didn't like a guy. He's a world champion kickboxer, a millionaire, he owns casinos, his own businesses, and he was inspiring a lot of young men. But that's not why he got banned. He got banned because somebody with that size an audience started saying they rigged the election. And that, you know, I was in Sweden partying for a year, three months or whatever it was with Rona and nothing happened. Sweden never closed down the whole time and they're fine. So it just shows this whole thing was a panic. He's saying stuff like that and making sense to all these people. He, he built his audience up talking about men's issues. And there's nothing wrong with talking about men's issues. I'll say that right now. But that's what he built it up on. Then he starts saying he did this. He did the swerve. You know, he said what I was saying about the moon and stuff. They could not have a guy with that big a voice 
telling all these young people the truth or planting seeds of doubt. So they blanket banned him. He lost all his social media, and he was the biggest thing. Like you could not go on these platforms without seeing an Andrew take something another on shorts, on TikTok, YouTube. He was everywhere, Instagram, and uh, now he's nowhere. There's just copies of copies of copies of him, and I'm sure that probably costs tens of millions of dollars because he's up there. You know, he he. I don't know how wealthy he is. Probably. And three hundred million or so, and I bet he just lost tens of millions of dollars with have, not having a social presence anymore. And it's nothing you can replicate or sell because it, the brand depends so much on him, and so they just stole that from him. And it's like, yeah, well, we already know the FBI comes in and tells these people to censor stories. But as far left as they are, I think they're they're just not they're not like being forced to do that. They're like working with them, like, yeah, okay, which one now? boss, you know, these bootlickers. Mm. Censorship has to die. I had a shirt on yesterday that said make speech free again. <laughs> you know, that's Andrew Torba of Gab, they asked him, like, Tim Pool had all these executives on. I got this story from DJ Cogdell, by the way. But Tim Pool's got all these executives on from Getter, Rumble, Parlor, Gab, whatever. And they're asking them their terms of service and, like, who will they ban? What will it take? You know what Andrew did? He had a rolled-up constitution that he put on the desk, and he said, that's my terms of service. The Bill of Rights, basically. Like, if you're not breaking the law, you can say it. It is based. Yep. He got a new book out on Christian nationalism. Haven't read it. But it's selling pretty well right here. Yeah, I, I talked to... Uh... Oh, what what is his name? Ali Ali Alexander, and uh, talked to him on Clubhouse one night. That was the most frustrating conversation I think I've ever had with anybody ever. Uh, really? That that man got me angry very very quickly. Um, you know, I I definitely question the integrity of the the most free and fair election we've ever had, but after listening to him for a minute, I was like, I don't know if he's the head of the opposition that, uh, mm -hmm. that, that sounds, uh, maybe it was legit. <laughs> well, I mean, Biden didn't even campaign. He just sat there like this guy beat Hillary. Okay. And Biden's not even worried. He just sits in his basement and Trump's going around and getting all these cars. Like, don't worry. It's in the bag. Don't worry. The mail-in votes will come, you know, all these swing States at three in the morning, you know, suddenly go for Biden. They're still counting weeks later. It's just, it was very suspicious. You know what pisses but me you off? weren't even allowed to question it. Well, of course not, because it was their side. But mm -hmm. What pisses me off about that is the, the reason we can't order machine guns through the mail anymore is because it was corruptible. Yet they want us to vote through the mail now. Well, there's no paper trail if you vote through the mail once it's open. You can't tell where the vote came from. So what's to stop you from just mailing yourself votes and saying, yeah, it came from there? Like, And then you only have one party counting the votes. The other party's not even allowed to observe. But what happened is he got kookified. Trump trusted the QAnon morons like Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood. And we know what a kook Lynn Wood is. Even Kyle Rittenhouse threw him under the bus, right? <laughs> the people are saying there's a shootout and a server farm in Germany and all this nonsense. You know, 99% of the election fraud claims are just kook nonsense. 
But like even without the mail in votes, because that's just like shows how you could steal it. Doesn't mean you did, but it means it'd be very easy to do. The fact that they suppress all these stories about the laptops and his relationships with Ukraine and Russia and everything else, all of which were true, is already rigging the election. You have three liberal moderators during the debate. You won't talk about foreign policy at all. Yeah, the FBI lied for you to suppress stories. You lied about and said it was, the laptop was Russian disinfo. You spied on the Trump campaign and got caught. Like, there are no consequences for anything. But you got to blame Trump, too. He's the one that kept Christopher Wray as the head of the FBI. All these, all these King and Spalding law firm guys, and boy, I got a deep story on that. It's up on Substack, are running the FBI. I was like, okay, why don't you just have like uh, BlackRock run the Treasury while you're at it? You know, like that's how stupid that is. Just meld them together at this point. Put them under the same umbrella. Well, it's almost like you had a conversation with Ali Alexander uh, and you felt frustrated. That's exactly what I would feel if I was talking to someone like, you know, Barbara Honiger or Richard Gage. I'd be frustrated at the same time. Um, and this is the reason why we can't have even discourse amongst each other regarding the most important topics in American uh, consciousness happening even currently. Um, but 9-11, I consider the biggest uh, you know, precipitating factor in human history because we are living under the ripple effects of 9-11 right now, even now, and forever in time because it changed the whole uh, paradigm of domestic issues and foreign policy issues forever. And, and millions of people are dead because of it. And nobody's held accountable because the United States is not part of the Roman statutes. That's the international criminal courts. So, and even we can't even prosecute even, you know, the people that withheld information or, or hoarded information or even facilitated information, made up information. Um, and we can't even prosecute those people because we have people on that side of the spectrum who are basically saying, hey, did you know a third building fell? Hey, did you know Thermite? Did you know Judy Wood? Did you know all of this plays a part? And if you, you know, I, I, I get this sometimes. Like, why do you concentrate on them? Go up. Look, we're fighting a war on two fronts. One is a war for information that we're trying to get declassified. And two, and that's a worthy war, by the way. Uh -huh. Two is a time waster. And that is a war of disinformation. And God's sakes... I think Ryan and myself can name dozens and dozens of people on that front. And the, the, here's the real irony is that we're losing that those, war. The majority <laughs> of those people will basically really believe that they're fighting against the state, not realizing that they're helping it. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, I sometimes like, I don't have much hair, but I mean, I rip out whatever follicles I could find. And, uh, you know, I just wonder if it's all worth it. But then, you know, I run into people like you, Jacob, and, you know, those kids at Project for New Project Podcast for New American Century, you know, Darren Harvey, Sean Russell, you know, yeah, they're worth it. If Even if it's just a little bit left, yeah, they're worth it. Because you know what? I have got to have faith that those guys like you and Reed and everybody else will reach a big audience in the future using the information we provide and, you know, maybe you could reach a big audience, hopefully. And if you, I got to have faith in that, even though I'm a hopeless pessimist. But, you know, I got to have faith in that. Well, hopeless black-pilled black pessimist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was once called also, too, the Robert Smith of 
I'll take like from the cure. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> I think it could all turn around in one day. Like I just need to be on a big show and it's over. You listen. Like, uh, you you had. I think you came close, and you basically uh, this is years ago. Uh, you were on Eddie Bravo, mm-hmm. and um, I was like, God, he's so close to getting Joe Rogan, but it never got to that point because. You know, you were basically wiped off the face of the viral world. Yeah, and, and right after that, Eddie went flat Earth and discredited everything he'd ever done. Why? Right, and just see, this is why we lose our. Some black belt approached him in his gym, trying to sell him this poison pill, and he took it, and that was it. Yeah, and this, and it doesn't help. I mean, all this stuff doesn't help. But you wonder why? Like, why do they believe in certain stuff? Because, Fucking awesome guy to hang out with, though. I I'll tell he, you, I, I, <laughs> he's he knows a lot of stuff. He just took that poison pill, and it was like, man, all these things are right on are going to disappear now. Well, let me ask you, is it only because that the alternative is there's so much of these disinformation channels that they go, oh, you know what? This sounds right, and there's nothing else. Like, you know, I'm non-existent. You're banned. Uh, Nelson, well, you know, I have a term for this. It's called the red pill overdose. And what happens is when somebody gets red-pilled on too many topics too quickly, they become overly skeptical, and then they just start taking any alternative, right? right. So they're like, they learn about World War II and that thing. They learn about uh, 9-11. Let's say they learn about the Gulf of Tonkin and Iran-Contra, a couple things in a row. And it's just like, man, they always lie to us. Then they start thinking – is the earth round? I don't know. You know, because they've been lied to by so many people and everything else, they just start questioning anything. Um, but I'm like, you don't have to believe the earth is round. You can know the earth is round. You can, that's a, supposed to be based on knowledge, not belief. A little trigonometry and you got it done. But I think they just start a streak of paranoia. And if you add that to marijuana, you end up believing you know, basically, or just disbelieving anything official. And so you just don't believe anything official. They reach that point. And that's what happens when you get red-pilled too quickly. Yeah, it's true. I've actually seen it happen before. It's, yeah. I, it's I like, don't even understand it. It's like a yeah, I think, Jacob, you know, when I had the conference earlier today, you know, there was four other conspiracy theorists that were in the call. And I said, because they talked about the official narrative. You know, we always hear this term, the official. I said, what is the official narrative to you? Right. Quotes. What is the official narrative to you? And generally, it's always that uh, the official narrative of the government's purports is that one, two, and seven would not control demolitions and that there were 19 Islamic fundamentalists who hate our freedoms, who hijacked four planes and crashed them into the World Trade Center, Pentagon, Shanksville. And I say, is that it? And they say, yeah. I said, well, you know, that's really a, mic- a microscopic part of the official reports. I mean, there's so much more. There's 14 chapters in the 9-11 Commission report. Um, and you, you know, as Ryan brought up before, the Joint House Inquiry report. Then you have the, the FBI pent bomb report. Uh, the Inspector General, the Office of Inspector General of the CIA and the FBI. There's a lot of reports here to go over. But they don't read any of this stuff. And so they'll basically, they'll basically watch like a film from Massimo Mazzucco, the Pearl Harbor film, or they'll watch Loose Change and then say, ah, you see, um, I can get behind that because it goes against the official narrative, right? Anything, they'll believe anything, even just the most ludicrous, ludicrous theory. 
in opposition, so they don't believe in the official narrative because it's been beaten, right. into, beaten into them that the official narrative is wrong. It's false. And they won't read the 9-11 Commission report because Alex Jones told them it was useless. And then they don't even know there are other reports because Alex only talks about the 9-11 Commission report. So I don't think they even know there are things, other things to read. Something I love that one. That. That's a good point. I wouldn't doubt that. Something I wanted to show real quick. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Hey, do you want the little four-minute uh, film I made on the the operators that got busted? I can send it to you, Jacob. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I think that's small enough to fit in Skype, maybe. So you can play yeah. that. I didn't know you could have clips and stuff on your stream thing. Let me see. Oh, yeah, yeah I'll pull it in. I used to do these, like, five-hour movies, and then I started making just, like, four-minute movies and five-minute <laughs> movies. Say, so if... Maybe if I squish it down into this level, that they'll they'll actually have enough attention span for Generation ADHD to do it. <laughs> so let me grab that for you. Here's one. See if that fits in Skype. Yep, it is going through, and it's on your Skype. Word. You should be able to download that and play. It. It's only four minutes, eleven seconds long. But like in that four minutes and eleven seconds, most truthers watching that are going, "My God, I didn't know this. I didn't know people had acted." I didn't know they had names. I didn't know they got arrested. Did it? Did it? And ask yourself, why didn't you know that if you've been studying this for five or six years or ten years, whatever it is? And how have you never come across this? Even people watching this now might not have seen what you're about to play. And you have to make movies. You can't just explain it and show them the documents. You gotta like jazz it up because that's the world we live in. Yeah, it's unfortunate because I'm I'm like considered a bore. Someone from New Jersey once called me the McNeil Hour of 9/11 as well. And because McNeil, if you're not old enough, McNeil Hour was a very boring news show on PBS, but it was good. <laughs> so I said, Adam Fitzgerald is the Ben Stein of 9/11. That's great. Thanks, All right, I'm getting it uploaded now, so we'll have it here in just a minute. Mm. That's that's really funny, though. <laughs> Not as funny as Jackman, but I have my moments. Uh, Jackman's hilarious. Yeah, He's both of them are. Flawless. Think about it. <laughs> he was great in that that trip we went on. He, him, and Reed, flawless, just flawless. <laughs> Reed's Ventura is not bad either, but Jackman, man, yeah, Jackman. It's not just the doing the voices. He'll have a dialogue on the spot. That's what's more impressive yeah, to he me. He does the mannerisms too, like the body mannerisms. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta get in character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's another guy we lost, you know, Ventura. You know, he dabbled into 9 11 a little bit. Oh, I know. He went full kook. Fell, fell into the uh, Jonestown juice. See, if I could have reached him first, we could have set him straight. He would have said it. He would have done it on TV. He Well, he was on, uh, I think, what, Rosie's show or something? He, I mean, he's been on TV. Remember when Rosie was going to have, like, E. Howard Griffin or somebody on, and then, boom, she got canceled. 
That was it. She was on The View, and she was going to have her guy talk about 9-11. I was like, well, at least he'll say a couple true things and a bunch of nonsense. Never happened. Wow, really? Yep. yep. It was right know. after she announced she was going to do that that they got rid of her. Not surprising. I think her and Trump just need to bang and get it over with. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it just what would the baby look like, you know? A pig, 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 John Goodman. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the, the latest uh celebrity was Spike Lee, actually, and he was going to do something with Richard Gage, of all people. And basically, he was told not to commiserate with Richard Gage because Richard Gage now dabbles into the COVID 19 conspiracies. Whatever. I, I'm i trying to reach Mel Gibson. I think he'd listen. That, hey, I, <laughs> Can you I imagine a picture of me and Mel Gibson shaking hands? It's like, it's on. He told him everything. <laughs> I, I never really thought of that. But I said, wow, here's it. Well, he might talk about those things that nobody wants to talk about. So, I mean, he's, well, he's, could be, he's done could be all but name them. So... so. I've seen plenty of interviews with him. He'd do it. People out. Mel Gibson would do it. I think you know what? That's a good point. I think he would. You know, he's an anti-establishment guy anyway. I mean, um, yeah. You get you get eight beers and Mel Gibson, he'll say anything. <laughs> don't don't get him on the phone. <laughs> get that guy on the phone. Um, well, yeah. Um, Wow, I never really thought of that. Mel Gibson. Oh, there we go. There's no sound on this? So are you not getting it on your end? No. There's no sound. Yeah, you got to unmute the mic of the clip. Left corner. It was unmuted on my end. Hmm. Let's do this. Got it now? No. That sucks. There's no sound. Hmm. What's the oh, well. using for that? So it's just through uh, StreamYard. So there, there's a couple of other things I can try real quick. So You'd have to do it like one of those little videos at the bottom, I think. Yeah. Or the top. There's like different ways to add clips on StreamYard. But yeah. It's a good clip. It's, it's real short and it, it's like... Okay, did you know any of that or not? Because I got four hours and 56 minutes more of stuff like this. What is that from? It was in Empire Unmasked. Empire Unmasked, all right. That's, mm -hmm. I would say, wait, wait a minute. There's only one film you've done that was really that long. That was uh, Empire Unmasked. 
Well, the, the Barry Weiss woodshed was seven and a half hours. Seven and a half hours. Yeah, she said a lot of stupid stuff. So, why seven? Where is that upload? Where is that upload? I got it on the website. I'm gonna put it on cozy like uh, on Wednesday. I'm gonna do woodshed Wednesdays. I thought I'd start with that one. Have uh, I think my Lincoln woodshed is like about seven hours, and then the Epstein marathon is eleven and a half hours. But that's a really complicated topic. It's just a bunch of interviews, you know. Right, sure. Seven and a half hours. Wow. Barry Weiss is a stupid cunt. I had a lot of stuff to, 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 to respond to. <laughs> reprobate. We can't disagree there. I, I can't stand her. I think she's, uh, you know, Ben Shapiro in drag. Kamala Harris came out with some breaking news about the virus. You want to hear what she said? Kamala Harris. Yeah, I, 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 heard, well, I didn't hear that, but I heard a recent. Uh, she gave some like lecture, and she barely spoke le legitimate English. So, well, she has a new re revelation. Uh, Kamala Harris said, uh, "Viruses are very small." Thank you for that information. <laughs> Russia's a big country. Virus, viruses are, well, you see, they're small because that's why you can't see them. They're too small. I think if I ever saw her face to face, I'd say, did you know a third building fell? <laughs> that's what I'd tell her. That's what she reminds me of, that slogan. It's just a slogan. That's it. Nothing more. She's vice president because she has a brown vagina. Do you see where those people were going around asking about different countries? We brought it up earlier. They went around and said, who's the vice president? And some of them tried to bullshit their way through. They're like, I know his face. I just can't say his name. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> uh, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know who Kamala Harris is. I'm like, that's okay. I don't think Joe Biden knows who the vice president is either. <laughs> First... Well, he did. He uh, he gets a little credit. I mean, he did uh, release the Operation Encore files last year. Uh, if there's any plus to his administration, which has been an unmitigated disaster, in other words. Well, it's not on purpose, but he's basically destroyed NATO. I mean, that's pretty cool. Well. I, I'm looking back, like on the lineage of like Democratic presidents, like him, Obama. Obama was just awful. Um, Biden, I think, in my opinion, was just awful. Um, Clinton, he created NAFTA. I, I, I can't. And he rejected yeah. so many plans to kill Bin Laden. I, I, he's he's up there. But yeah, but the last two, wow, just. Uh, unreal. <laughs> unreal. You know, you could just say abomination faster. Abomination. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I always see this on That's why we, when Ben Shapiro says it, it's abomination. <laughs> he speaks real fast. And it's something, 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 free markets. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> what a little winner. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I, I, the hell with Obama. I want to talk about it. Anyway. So, all right, I got this video loaded up. So okay, all right, let's try it this way.
I'll mute myself. Aside from the mysterious elevator workers of the oddly chronically broken elevators and the Israeli movers contracted by Zim Shipping Company, itself partly Israeli state-owned, which broke a $50,000 lease in the World Trade Center to relocate to Virginia a week before 9-11, who else had suspicious access to the towers? In 2002, a simple case of fraud over fake IDs in Tennessee led to the arrest of six Middle Eastern men and revealed damning information about 9-11, about men claiming to have done work in the basement of the towers with fake passes. The key witness, herself an accomplice in the ID fraud, was killed a day before her trial date. Catherine Smith, a Department of Motor Vehicles employee, had been working with Khalid Otala from Jerusalem to provide Tennessee license, which do not require social security numbers, for five other men. The FBI, working on a tip, arrested Otala outside the DMV after he purchased the IDs from Smith. They had been monitoring Catherine Smith's house. She had also bought her car from Otala, one she would be found dead inside of later. The following group, Muhammad Fares, Abdel Musin Hamad, Mustafa Abu Shahi, and Omar Kayata, were all arrested as they were also waiting outside for Odala to return from the DMB. The underlings told investors that Khalid or Sakur Hamad, the cousin of Abdul Musin Hamad, could get the IDs. Oddly, the two ringleaders would be released while the underlings had the book thrown at them. Sakir Hamad, who had shared a residence with Odala Khalid, was arrested and on his person he had a pass granting him entry into the six underground levels of World Trade Center 1. It was dated September 5, 2001. Khalid Otala had also driven a truck from New York to Tennessee on 9-11. Hamad claimed that he had been doing work on the sprinkler systems for a couple of days, and that is why he had a pass. The problem with that, as Alan Hicks, the spokesperson of the Port Authority of New York, pointed out, the New York Port Authority handles its own work on such systems, and no one there had contracted Hamad. Hamad gave police a card for magic heating and plumbing, he also had a card at the time of his arrest. In court, his father produced a letter signed by Sergei Davidenko for Dinko Mechanical, verifying both Sahira Muhammad and his cousin's employment. Davidenko told the New York Times Hamad had been working in the World Trade Center for him for a couple of days. The problem is, there was no magic heating and plumbing or Dinko Mechanical. There was an obsolete business license for Dinko, and the address for the office was simply David Inko's residential address, quite similar to the elevator operator's fiasco. One woman who may have been able to shed light on the entire matter was Catherine Smith, but the day before her trial, she had a car accident and died. Actually, her body had been burned inside her car, but the gas tank failed to ignite. Witnesses had seen Smith ablaze in her car, and investigators found gasoline in her clothing. FBI agent Susan Nash said that Smith had been murdered. The unresolved questions about 9-11 and Smith's death had nothing outside of the circumstantial to do with the trial of fake IDs, however. Hamad was released on a $250,000 bail. What kind of truck driver or repairman has that kind of money? Dotala, the middleman, was released hours after being sentenced. Why was Khalid released? And why wasn't there a follow-up investigation into Denko Mechanical?
I wonder why I get banned. <laughs> and there's a bunch, there's a lot to that story, but like I'm giving you all the names and stuff, so now you have shit to look up, you know? Yeah, now you have to do the work. Right, you got to do the work. And like, I've done the work. There's the, like, I later I got the um, stuff from the district attorney and there was Barbara something or other at the time about uh, Sergio David Inco and David Connell and how they had fake fire suppression letters and all this stuff and went through the court cases and all that. And I'm like, what am I doing? No one's listening. Yeah, they just want to hear about thermite. But if your fire suppression systems don't work and you maximize the fire damage, you're assuring that a third of the building is about to crash through the rest of it. You're maximizing the damage by fire. And these guys could be all Al-Qaeda, let's say. Okay, well, that's also something we need to learn. They didn't care. But some people did care. So, I mean, it's not, it wasn't a total loss. I mean, this information was learned by certain people, and yours included. But, like, uh, there are people that don't have viral media and that they are, are learning from videos that you make, Nelson and others as well. So, you got to take that into effect, too, as well. Well, you and Nelson found me through my YouTube. And, like, it definitely was worth it in the beginning. But they, um, the censorship now is on another level. And that's why, like, if we don't fix the free speech issue, everything else we want to know about is not going to matter. We, there's somebody that knows all of it probably, and we don't know who that is, right? Because right. <laughs> they just scoop them up or something. If we can't speak freely, it's just like George Washington said, we'll be silent and dumb and led to the slaughter like sheep if we don't keep free speech. Mm. And that's what predicates everything. Every single war is based on a lie, and all these lies could have been debunked, but we're not allowed to talk. That's the problem, and that's why all these alternative platforms, I would tell you, the government's not going to come in. There's not going to be any tinkering with Section 230. They're not going to have antitrust laws because it's the government. The only way around this is free market solutions. And they will be coming after Rumble, and they're going to come after Odyssey. They already are coming after Odyssey, right? They're in a giant case with the SEC with their cryptocurrency and yada, yada, right? They already went after Parler. Amazon just yanked their servers, right? Got banned on Google Pay and Apple Pay. I'm like, you got to have the whole package. You have to have a payment processor. You have to have your own servers. You cannot keep using their stuff. And that's why I'm like Cozy TV, regardless of, you know, some of the characters on there, maybe people agree with or don't. Look, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. I'm not going to change anything I'm saying. But they have a payment processor and they have uh, a way to do live shows. Same with BitChute. It's like, look, they will play your videos. You can say literally anything. So we have to build these up because if we don't build up the media... All the research and information is not going to matter. So I was actually just finishing up a uh, like three, four-part series of videos just on free speech, and I covered Brandenburg v. Ohio and uh, the Supreme Court setting the precedents for what constitutes incitement. Uh, because before that, 
they could just uh, it, it was the uh, clear and present danger test and basically say that you just owning a book is more it's clear and present danger um, there, there's certain criteria now that actually has to be met and of course uh, most modern politicians I think left and right are not going to recognize a lot of these uh, requirements to meet these uh, these standards these legal standards that have been precedent since let's see Brandenburg v. Ohio was like 56 so I mean, they're just changing the definition of, definitions of words directly in front of us and just gaslighting everyone from that. Yeah. Honestly, I, uh, I, I went up to uh, our spare bedroom the other day and I was just digging around through things and I had found that my wife had a uh, dictionary from 1986. Did you look up woman? I sure did. That was the first thing I did. <laughs> <laughs> in fact i'll post a picture of that later somewhere pro well, anywhere so if you follow me i'll post the definition of woman probably get in trouble for that whatever well orwell does say in 1984 that words will have no meaning and definitions will change and will not know our own history um maybe a prophet yeah. i don't know what to tell you but it sure seems like it um but with especially you know with 9/11 too is that the one thing i've noticed and learned throughout the years is that you're allowed to believe anything but to know nothing and there was this quote i always loved quoting from an e martin Schatz, who's a forensic psychologist and jfk researcher who wrote a um, a letter called on on belief versus knowledge and i love this quote because it really pertains to 9/11 it says in short it says the American people have a problem is that they're allowed to believe anything, but to know nothing because with knowledge, you can act on it. In other words, you can take knowledge and go to court and try to make a difference and hold people accountable, but you can believe whatever you want, but you can't do anything with it. And so you could believe that thermite was used. You could believe Judy Wood. You could believe Alex Jones, that the, the hijackers are alive, that the, the planes are holograms, but do you know it? And that's the difference. And that's why I, tend to be very stale and not to over-sensualize the information I'm giving. Um, I'm not a filmmaker. Uh, Ryan's a filmmaker. Nelson's a filmmaker. And they get their points, of course, better that way. I come in from a very different angle. It's more just, you know, straight information. That's it. Um, but people like uh, a little bit of a shorter version of films or a descriptive uh, documentary or series or something like that. Um, but you're getting both with us you're getting the whole gamut and but the problem is is that you know yeah you know too many people want to believe in a short narrative 9-11 i'll give an example right about a couple of months ago i was in a room a zoom reading held by ed brotherton of we are change la and he invited two major 9-11 activists they were called gene laratonda and sandra Jelmy. she's affiliated with architects and engineers and he said just listen to him for 40 minutes about 9-11, and I, I, you know, I tried as fast as I could, 45 minutes. And I all I did was basically take from 1999 to 2001 and really put like all pre-9-11 intelligence, Israel, Saturday, all this stuff, right? At the first question I got was from 
uh, Sandra Jelmy. And you know what she said to me? Can you simplify it? You know what I said? I just did. Did, yeah. <laughs> That's what I, I think that they're allowed to believe anything as long as they know nothing was a Mark Twain quote, too. Yeah, what was? Okay. Um, I'm not familiar with that. But yeah, I mean, can you simplify it? My God, I wish it was not. I wish 9 11 was simplified. I wouldn't have spent 16 years pulling my hair out of my head. Uh, God's sakes. I mean, you know, I wouldn't have read like uh, 150 books, whatever's out there. Uh, my sound bite is 9 11 was a jointly conducted covert operation uh, similar to Iran Contra, the US, Israel, and the United States. That Al Qaeda is real, but Al Qaeda is not separate from intelligence agencies. That's my sort of foot in the door plug or whatever. Well, I think that's a good part. Oh, it's much more effective than did you know a third building fell? But I mean, uh, yeah. But <laughs> people, people want a simplified version of nine eleven, and I say, I, I wish I, I wish I could, I wish I could. Like, wait a My I simplest, think? most simple version is I just hit the bell. <laughs> Ding! <laughs> That's what happened again. <laughs> it took me a while to, to process that. I hit the bell. That's it. That's it. A sound, not even a word. A sound. You know. Yeah, sound. that's where we're. That's where we're at. Right. <laughs> that's horrifying. If, if that's where we're at, we're in trouble. Is it um, a bell sound, a fart noise, or a knock on wood? I mean, that's that's yeah. how far in our own end zone we are. Just gonna have yeah, lobbying everyone. <laughs> no, but you, you know, Josh, it's not like we're being arrogant in this direction. Like we're so far ahead with this study, is that? Um, Dude, it's not arrogant to reject people talking about holograms. It's just common sense. By the way, I'm sitting in the dark. I've been having migraines this morning, so if I'm, I look like Bruce Wayne, it's because I'm, I'm not that goth or whatever. <laughs> just, I don't want any bright lights. <laughs> Oh no! Um, yeah, no. Was it right behind the eye? Yeah, right where my fingers are. Jeez, that's what happened to me at the Libertarian Institute. That's what I get for drinking, you know, bottles and James at three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a weakling when it comes to drinking now, man. I I can't do it anymore. Um, but yeah, uh, but that's the problem we're facing, Josh. I, I Jacob, I'm sorry. Um, is that? We're running it almost at the end of our gamut, and um, it's not going to get any easier from this point forward. Not with the rate of disinformation that's out there with the media, and of course, no help on our end from the government. And there's very few of us left. Yeah, yeah. That's why we need people like you, you know, young people like you, to basically take the mantle and try to spread the word around and and be as truthful and honest as you can. And that's why I'm. You know, I'll always come on your show and, you know, try to help you along the way and stuff like that. Yeah, and as well as around and myself and Nelson and, you know, there's a few others around and Ed, yeah. we'll do our best as we can. But, um, oh, yeah, we got to have hope in you. Honestly, it, it, it was a it, it got to a point where, I mean, the libertarian podcast uh, movement is just flooded. Um but as Macho Man Randy Savage always says, that the cream always rises to the top. And oh, yeah. I'm not to the top oh, yeah. yet. The cream oh, yeah, rise 
the cream will rise to the top. Are you ready, brother? But <laughs> I, honestly, like I, even if I had ten viewers, I just legitimately wanted to just dogpile with information, and I, I don't. Well, care we all had ten viewers. Yeah. How it starts with. I'll pass this Odyssey link around. I don't have Shway anymore, but we we were at six K on Telegram and it's twenty nineteen and change thousand on BitChute. I'll put it over there and links and stuff. But like it sucks, but I feel like we've got this court case with Twitter in October. We'll see what happens there. And there are all our alternatives and more and more people are getting banned, which is a bad and good thing because it makes it for a viable uh, media somewhere else. And Odyssey is growing. All these alt sites are growing. <clears throat> you know, uh, I still plan on trying to get my YouTube back. I'm going to physically go to Ireland like I did last time and talk to someone in person because they won't talk to you online. We'll see what we can do. And if I ever get my channel back, I'm not doing videos on there. I'm just going to make one video that says, I'm over here now. I'm not allowed to speak freely because YouTube doesn't believe in free speech. How bad yeah, is it can't get a real person on YouTube overnight? I mean, that's incredible. They'll just cancel you. Like, I've been on there 15 years, 81,000 followers on the newest channel or whatever, and they just, no strikes, nothing, just got rid of me. And won't even tell me why. Won't even say what videos violated anything. Just, pip, you're gone. And you don't even get to argue about it. They can do what they want. They just, yeah. They can't because we have contract law that says they will not ban you unless you do A, B, C, D. Like, uh, well, you know, advocating violence or something like that, which is what hate speech is defined as. Hate speech is whatever the left doesn't like. Whatever speech they hate, that's hate speech. I mean, under the actual definition of hate speech, feminists are hate are hate group. Every box you check, you know, yeah. prejudice toward a, a sexual group. Yep, they do. They hate men. Like all feminists are a hate group, but they're one that's allowed to talk. Uh, I got a bounce, so my head is uh, killing me. Yeah, so no, no, no worries, Ryan. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, coming on. Later. Anytime, dude. Thanks for yeah. having me on. See ya. Oh, yeah. Take care, yeah, Ryan. Yeah. Message you later, bro. Well, this has been a blast. <laughs> oh, it's honestly. awesome. Thank um, you for having me, really. Thank you. And I'm always, you know, you know, I'll, I'll try always to help your show and promote it. And um, post, you know, our videos on my end. Um, and, um, you know, thank you very much, Jacob, for even having me on and stuff. So it's always fun to have yeah. uh, to be talking with you. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, my biggest driving factor, honestly, is uh, logic, reason and evidence. That's right. You know, it's how I make sense of my my surroundings. So right. And even you know, if you don't grab that big following, you can always say you have your reputation intact. And that's yeah. more important than anything. Well, and it kind of seems like right now I'm like skirting just right under radar. Except for a couple of videos. I did an interview with Spike Cohen that got nabbed immediately. <laughs> right, right, right. So, You're getting there. People yeah. are noticing you. So like I told people, you know, in real life, like uh, going on your show and I, I'm getting me back. Oh, you were, weren't you on that show last time? I was like, no. yeah. So you are getting noticed by the average person out there. So it does take time, but it takes a lot never change, Jacob. Never change. <laughs>
Yeah, just stay straight and fly yeah. straight and always report the facts and never waver. So, yeah. and well, yeah. luckily I have people like you on my side and you know what? That's all I need. So, well, no, thank you very much. And, and anytime for you, pal. Of course, right back at you. So I think we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, no, I mean, um, for those who don't know, I'm Adam Fitzgerald, co-host of Darkened Hour. And if you Google my name and you put 9-11 after it, I come right up. And actually, if you go to Twitter <laughs> and you put underscore Adam Fitzgerald, um, I have a, a pinned tweet where all my links to the websites are where you can access files and documents on my WordPress. I have articles written on Medium and, of course, a large video database on YouTube. And um, uh, my podcast, Darkened Hour, is on there, too. So, yeah, uh, view at your leisure. Everything is free. Yeah. And uh, you can find me at risetoliberty.com slash links. That pulls up everything that I have. So you just have full access to the website, Odyssey, Rumble. Uh, there, there's a few sites that I just don't use yet. They're backups uh, just sure. in case. Um, but once one platform goes down, I got something to, uh, you know, carry it over. So Good to have insurance, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a real pain in the ass setting everything up sure. though, man. It took me so long. But Did it? Yeah. You know, it's it's what we got to do. That's it. So, cuz like I said, I'm going to dogpile with all the information I can get my hands on. So Yeah, and that's all you could do and just spread it around and far as wide and make sure that your audience is informed for it and educated for it. Exactly. Right. So, well cool. Thanks Adam. And, Thank uh, you, Jacob. I'll be messaging you soon. And uh, yeah, this is great.